0: Thank you for listening to the podcast of Bible Baptist Church. Please visit our website at www.southbaybbc.org for more information. As so we look at this portion of scripture here, we see several things that I just want to draw our attention to today. And basically, what I want to speak on this morning is preparing your nets. Preparing your nets. You know, we live in a society today, and the Christian life is a life of preparation. As we begin to think of ourselves and the day we got saved, the day we got saved, we knew literally nothing about God's Word. We knew nothing about what it was to be a Christian. We knew very little about what church life was about. And so we begin a a venture in our lives of learning and preparing for the life that He has. As we look at this life we have on earth, we realize this is not the best life. Uh, We're here on earth today, but the Bible says for me to live is Christ and to die is Christ. Gain. So we realize that God has something much better than what we have today. God has some place much better than this life. So if that be a better life and He's left us here for this life, there must be a purpose for which we are still living here. That purpose is not just simply to enjoy the niceties of life, it's not to enjoy the routine and all the things that go on in this life, but rather God has a purpose in our life. So our life is a continual job of preparing ourselves and getting ready for that one day we'll be with what with, with the Lord Jesus Christ in heaven. You know, we need to learn what the Bible has to say. We need to learn how to apply his word to our lives. We need to learn how to act like a Christian, be a Christian. We need to learn how to live. We need to learn how to find God's will in our lives. When we're in the missions month today, that's really what this is all about, finding God's will for your life. So it's not about deciding what you want to give. It's not about deciding who you want to support. It's not about deciding that the need is out there, and we're going to talk about that a little bit this morning, but it's also about what would God have you to do for missions this year, finding God's will for your life. At the end of the month to say, I know what God would have me to do. Not just simply pull some number out of the air or just what you can kind of fit into your budget, but rather what God would have in your life today. So as we're looking at that and we're thinking about it, we realize that one day God's going to have us in, in heaven, so we're in this preparation time. You know, our t- text here, we realize that there were fishermen. Verse number two talks about fishermen that were uh, washing their nets. As they were washing their nets, basically, they were in preparation. They realized there'd be another time that we're going to go out and we're going to do some fishing. So they realized they were doing that in preparation. They were also looking for a better time. So they realized they'd been out all night long. They had taken nothing. They had fished and caught nothing. But as they were there, they realized there would be a better time later on. So we need to have the nets prepared so that when we go out again, we're ready for something to happen that didn't happen this time. You know, we're living in a day and age where it is very uncertain. We begin to read the news and listen to the news channels and sometimes that's a dangerous thing to do because sometimes we get the truth, sometimes we don't get the truth. But at the end of the day, we wind up being very nervous about the life that we live in. But you know, that's really nothing new in the history of mankind. In fact, we're living in some of the better days of all of history. We have some of the better days before us. God can do so much through us if we just allow him to use us. But many times we hold back thinking, well, let's just see what the economy is going to do. Let's just see how this COVID situation is going to work out. Let's just see if something else is going to be a problem coming on. And many times we sit back waiting and we never get involved because we're always waiting to see what's going to happen in our life. You know, we need to learn how to take opportunity while we have opportunity. I speak to people all the time that uh, God has spoken to their hearts when they were younger in life and uh, one just the other day that felt that God had called him to preach and now he's up in his years in life and regretting that he never responded to what God had to say. You know, we need to learn how to take opportunity while we have opportunity. While we can be involved, let's be involved. While we can look for people, invite people, talk to people about Christ, win people to Christ, let's do it. Because one day we won't be able to do that. While we're in missions month this week, as we think about the mission field, while we have opportunity, let's get involved with what God would use us for and give us with the life that we have. We need to realize that opportunity is here today. It might not be here tomorrow. The opportunity to serve today is today, and we don't know what tomorrow is. So missions conference is basically a time to prepare our nets for a better day. So I want to look at a few things here this morning, and I want to apply what we're looking at here. First, I want to realize what Jesus was, uh, was confronting at that moment. There in verse number one talks about the people pressed upon him, that being Jesus, to hear the word of God. You know, I want us to realize, number one, people do want to hear from God. They may not want to hear what you have to say. They may not want to hear what I have to say. But they would like to know what God has to say. We look at Jesus' life, we realize it's a very common experience. As he was there doing miracles and getting ready to do one right here, and other times feeding the 5,000 and touching lives and healing the blind and all these things going on, but we realize they weren't pressed upon him for that miracle. They were pressed upon him to hear what he had to say. They want to know what God has to say. You know, the world truly does want to know what God has to say. When you to get that message to the world that's out there. Why do we need to do it? Well, because there is a great need coming. There's a great need coming. As we look at the world today, we realize the need is out there. You know, these flags are quite impressive. I I do, I think I prefer this one over all of them. Uh, I won't tell you why, but I I do kind of like that flag really well. And as we think about the flags that are up here representing the world that's out there, we realize the great need that's out there. The areas that need to hear the gospel. Down in Mexico, when we uh, went down there many years ago, now about 38 years ago at this time, and uh, went into the very first city that we started a a church in, that city was the name of Guerrero in the state of Chihuahua. And so we went into that city where there was no gospel witness. Uh, People really didn't know anything. We started from very ground zero. Uh, I had a crowd of people in front of me, about 150 people, that I was preaching in the open air. And to begin with, I ask them, now, who knows what a Bible is? And surprisingly, they didn't even know what a Bible was. So as a Catholic country in a certain area where they didn't even realize what the Bible was. So we began to get the church started there in Guerrero, Chihuahua. We spent some years there. And as we were there getting started, there was a, another city across the mountain over on the west coast. And we had, and, and that ch- that city had some churches in the outlying area, some of the villages around us city. And so they invited me to come over and preach a conference. So I went across the mountain, took the train over the mountain, uh, got into that area, a city of about a half a million people that did not have a single independent Baptist church in it. And so we went into that city and began to preach the conference out in those villages. And people are out there, they're waiting to hear the word of God. While I was out there that week, I was asking about the city and why there had never been a church planted there and just had not ever been one planted there. So I went back home with a burden on that city on my heart. And for the next 10 years, every Bible co- uh, college I went to, every missionary I knew that was coming, I told them about a city by the name of Los Mochis in the state of Sinaloa that didn't have an independent Baptist church, did not have the, the true gospel and a true doctrine uh, in that city, a large city, nobody with the gospel. After 10 years of finishing up there in Guerrero, Chihuahua, nobody still had gone there and so after 10 years praying for that city trying to find somebody to be in that city I finished up the city that the church there in Guerrero moved across there to Los Mochis wind up being the answer to the to my prayers for that city went into that city where people were just waiting for the gospel it was an amazing experience. We started door knocking, winning complete families, bringing them in. The church grew very fast, and God began to bless in that area. Folks, I want us to realize there are people out there. We may think the gospel has gone to many areas, but there is a great need out there. You know, I realize that in this portion of Scripture, you know, the ocean is full of fish. Now, they were out that night and caught nothing. And so their idea was, well, there's nothing there today. Well, no, it was there. They just weren't able to catch it. Yeah, I like to fish, and I'm not too good at it, but I, I do like to fish, and I, I have caught some pretty impressive fish, I guess, in my lifetime. But every time I go, I know there are fish there. Now, many times I'm standing there, and, and the guy right down the way, he's just pulling in the fish like crazy, and, and I can't get one. And so what I do, I start moving over closer to him. I'm thinking, maybe, maybe there's better fish over there in our And he'll go back where I was, and he'll be pulling in fish there, and and I'm not getting it where he was. And you know, even though I'm out there, and even though I'm not catching anything, I'm still convinced that fish are there. So I I know they're there. I know they're playing with me. I I know they're trying to tease me a little bit, but, but I know they're there. Now folks, when we look at the world today, we need to realize it is full of people it is full of fish. The opportunity is out there any direction we go. There is no wrong place to take the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. There is no country in which we should not be preaching in. There is no group of people that should not hear the gospel. They're out there. We need to realize that the opportunity is there. Even though many times we don't see that, we realize that it is there. You know, missionaries are right now on the dock. They're, they have their nets in hand. They're waiting to go to that field. Many times the only thing that's hindering them is the finances to get there. How sad a case. How sad a case to have men that would go, families that are waiting, but they do not have what they need to get there. So as we think about that this morning, I want us to realize that there's a great need out there. I also realize the harvest is here. The Bible says in John chapter 4, verse number 35, Say ye not, there are yet four months, and then cometh the harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they are white already to harvest. Folks, there are people ready to get saved at any spot, at any place. Yesterday we had a, a wedding in uh, in Lancaster in our Spanish ministry and uh, we had one man get saved at the end of the wedding. You know, there are people out there that need to get saved. There, the, the people are out there waiting for it. It's not something in the future, it's something now. It's not waiting until you get to the mission field, it's starting now. It's not about the ones that are out there, it's the ones around us as well. The fields are white. Revelation chapter 5 verse number 9 says, and they sung a new song, saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof, for thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God by thy blood out of every kindred and tongue, and people, and nation. The Bible says he came unto his own, but his own received him not. Jesus Christ, when he came, he brought the gospel to every kindred, to every tongue, to every people. Everyone needs to hear the gospel. Folks, the world is in a great need. And as we're spending this time this month listening to the missionaries or the evangelists or the pastors coming uh, to preach and, and get us stirred up. We need to allow God to do something with our hearts realizing that the need is there. And God desires that everyone here realize that God is calling. Verse number four said, Now when they had left speaking, he said unto Simon... Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a draught. Now, as we look about at Jesus right there and realize that God is, is with we need to realize that God is calling. God is desiring that we be involved. When Jesus talked to Simon, he didn't ask him now, do you have a little bit of time to fit me into your schedule? Do you have a little moment you can budget your, 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 your nets for a few moments here with me? No, God killed him. Now I want you to get involved. He's calling, he's desiring us to be uh, to be uh, to respond to him. The Bible says, Go ye therefore and teach all nations. The Bible says, preach the gospel to every creature. The Bible says, Ye shall be witness unto me. The Bible says, and lo, I will be you always even unto the end of the world. Folks, we need to realize that God's desire is to get the gospel to the world that's out there. His desire is to use you. And to use me. I begin to think where God sent us through the years. We wound up in, in Lancaster at this moment in our life. And then it have been a very good place to, to live. The, the mission field to me is about as good there as anywhere I've ever been. And just going out and knocking doors and seeing people see, saved, getting them in. I think we have three or four ready to get baptized. I'll baptize them this evening when I get back. And we realize the need is always out there. We need to be responsive to the need that God has for us. I'm so glad that God didn't leave me in Ohio where I'm from and up in that direction. I love the area. I love the churches up there. I'm glad God, God didn't leave me there. He sent me into the field. He's calling us to be involved in what He has to do. What He has to do is much greater than what you and I have to do. So I realized that they were there that day and God was speaking. God was calling. God wants us second thing i want us to look at here quickly is there is help help is needed help is needed verse number seven and they beckoned unto their partners which were in the other ship that they should come and help them and they came and filled both the ships Now we begin to think about the help that is needed in the mission field now, as that help is needed, that we need to realize the help works both ways. So we realize that Paul talks about a few things here in his epistles. He talks about how they, we can give to their need and they can give to our need. What is our job? Get the gospel to the world. You know, I'm not going to be able to go to Mexico, just simply drop my job, drive down to Mexico and start a church anymore. That's not where I live anymore. So I need somebody in Mexico to help me. That's why I'm involved in Faith Promise Missions. I came to Lancaster, number one, I'm gonna give heavily to to missions. Why? Because a missionary just left the field to come up here to the States and serve in a church. A very needed job to do. But that doesn't relieve the need and responsibility to that world. So as we're giving to help them, their service is helping us why well because we want to see people saved does that get you excited when you hear about somebody getting saved trusting Christ somebody's life getting turned around that's an exciting thing wednesday night after church met with a man in my in the office offside the walter center led him to Christ on wednesday night You know, that's an exciting thing when people get saved. So we send a missionary, and we're having a part in his job. We're helping him what he needs so that he can give us what we want. What we want are that harvest of souls. So we need that help. We can't operate together. Now, I, I appreciate prayers, but prayers alone doesn't, doesn't, doesn't give us the physical need that we have. The, the prayer also is accompanied by our service. The truth is we need to realize that where our treasures are, there will our heart be also. So we realize that as we give, our heart becomes in that area. We, as we give and as we pray and as we send, we realize that God gets the job done. But it takes people, it takes working together to get that done. Talking with the pastor here a few moments ago and, and the brother here is going to be sent out probably one of these days here to start a new church on down the road That's kind of the plans. That's, that's an exciting thing to do. He's going to need our help. The the churches are needing to be planted in Southern California, in California generally. Folks, we need to realize the need is out there, but we realize we must work together. We cannot do it by ourselves. That one ship was not going to be able to handle and take the multitude of fishes that were caught. It took the other ships to also benefit in that. And folks, we get the missionary to the field and the people are getting saved. We become partakers in the work they're doing. I realize that missionaries, they are not the lone lone rangers of the worldwide mission work. You know, when I was in Mexico for many years, I realized that it wasn't to my credit that those churches were getting started and those souls were getting saved. But I was remembering back, and one person was my grandmother, and my grandmother would send $5 about every three months uh, that, that would, to help me on the mission field. Now, the truth is, the $5 every three months really didn't do a whole lot. And, of course, we understood the, Mexi- the, the mail in Mexico back then, that $5 bill put in the, in the, in the envelope, mo- most of the time I got an empty envelope that I knew the $5 was in there. But she didn't begin to think about that. For her, it was a sacrifice. For her, it was a big thing. Accompanied by her praying for me every day. When she passed into heaven, I don't know, maybe 15, 20 years ago, I lost a prayer warrior that I knew was praying for me. Folks, the missionary is able to serve and work because of faithful Christians like you and me. The way they're going to be on the field is by our service. So I realized that that need is out there. And as a missionary, you realize how important that need was. You realize how important it was for churches to be there. I had some men years ago that had some kind of a business set up. And they said, well, I'll tell you, Brother Collins, instead of going out and going to churches for support, I think we could handle it through our business situation. And we'll just send you to the field. And I said, well, I appreciate that. But that's really not what I want. What I really want are churches that are involved in the churches in Mexico. It's far more than the financial need but it's also that prayerful need. It's also working together. It's also bonding ourselves. It's also helping the churches up here. It's about what what God would have us to get together. So folks, as we're joining in our missions this year, we need to realize how important it is and how much of a difference we will make. You know, it would be possible to convert the people saved into the dollars spent. Now, it may take some work to do that. But we could take what a missionary receives through the year and the people that were saved during that year, the ministries that were started through that missionary, the churches that are continuing on after them. And by the way, when I left Guerrero, Chihuahua, that church continued. That church has started two more churches. That church is still going on, even though my presence is not there. So the churches that helped get it going, it's still going in los mochis there they've got several hundred now in their church and they're already going out getting ready to start another church you know even though i'm not there the ministry still is going so there is a possibility to know how many dollars each soul costs what am i getting at what we give results in soul saved our church isn't interested in sending a tourist down to mexico they're not interested in somebody, sending somebody to live in their house, you stay in their home. They're interested in somebody who's going to win people to Christ with the money that we're sending them. So, folks, as we send, we need to realize that money that we're giving actually results in souls being saved. Way back in the beginning of our ministry, when churches were not able to support us, it never really bothered me because I was always of the opinion if you want to invest, In this missionary, we'll invest. We'll get something going. If you don't want to, God has somebody else to take care of that. But I'm used to realize that it's an investment giving to missionaries. Every flag standing here is an investment. We're putting money into them so that souls will get saved, so that church will get started, so that men will get trained, so more churches will get started, and just continuing further into the world. It's an investment for God's work. So he that the need's there, and Jesus, he's there. Now, I realized number three also, that Jesus wants to use you. Verse number three. So he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and prayed him that he would thrust out a little from land. Now, I want us to realize that Jesus will use someone. When Jesus gives the Great Commission... He's not giving a great commission thinking maybe nobody's going to go. No, somebody's going to go. Jesus knows it's going to happen. Jesus will use someone. Jesus will get the job done. Mission works not about you and about me. It's about him. It's not about the need that's out there. It's about him and how he's going to take care of it. So we begin to look at what Jesus is doing. We realize that Jesus, he's going to use someone. So he realized that he used one of the ships, which happened to be Simon's ship. He didn't go to Simon for a ship. He went to the ship that Simon was at. Now, folks, we need to realize that God wants to use someone. You can either be that Simon, or you can be somebody standing off to the side. You can even allow God to use you, or you can allow God to use someone else. You know, I, I, I don't want to be selfish, but I, I would just assume God used me as you somebody else. Not, not to be rough on that person. But, but if God's looking for somebody, I, I want my hand up. God, God picked me. He's, he's picking his team now. Man, get that hand up. Lord, pick me. So he says, Simon now, he's the man that's going to get the job done at that moment, not because it was Simon but because God was going to use the ship that belonged to Simon. So as God's looking for someone to get the next missionary of Bible Baptist Church to the field, he's looking for someone. So my question is, do you want want to receive that blessing, or would you prefer somebody else to receive it? I'm a little selfish. I want the blessing. I don't want to give it to somebody else. So, Lord, use me. Get that hand up. God, I want you to use me this year to make a difference for the world that's out here and the world that needs to hear about Christ because God's going to use somebody. God's going to use Bible Baptist Church. God's going to get the job done. People will get saved from here, but we have to decide who's he going to use. Is he going to use me, or is he going to use somebody else? So I realized that he was there, and he, and he was going to use somebody. Well, I realized his choice was not based on human reasoning. He didn't, he didn't choose the best one for the job. The truth is, Peter was probably not the best one of the disciples. When you look at the life of Peter, he had more problems around him than the others did. We look, at, we look at the disciples in general. We realize that Paul, now he's probably, he's probably the greatest one that did the work. But we're looking at this moment where it's Peter that's given the opportunity. So today I want us to realize that God, he desires it, and it's not by human reasoning. You may be here today and think, you know, God can't use me. You may be here today and think, my finances are a wreck. You may be thinking, there's no way I can give more. And I want us to realize God's not working by your reasoning. God's plan is much greater than our reasoning. When God called me to the mission field, I I was a 16 year old boy and I was an introvert. I didn't like to talk in public. In fact, when it came to doing an oral report, I'd normally just take a zero on that and I'd make it up on the written end. So when God said, I want you to go to the mission field, my literal response was God, I think you've made a mistake. I'm not the one you want. I think I know myself. I I guess I didn't. I think I know myself. But you know what? God knows what he can do with you through your weaknesses. So you may be here today, have it all figured out on what you can do. I'll tell you, you're wrong. Because God can do much greater than you think you can do. The years are moving on. The opportunities are being lost, And many times we're sitting back waiting for somebody else where God desires to use us. The Bible says in Isaiah, Isaiah, I'm going to be speaking in Spanish a little bit. Isaiah 64, 6 says, but we are all as an unclean thing and all our righteousness as filthy rags. And we all do fade as a leaf and our iniquities like the wind have taken us away. You know, our life has the same ending. What we need to do is make something happen before that ending is getting there. He didn't choose the most glamorous. He didn't choose the best-looking boat. He he chose the one that was available. So realize he chose that available vessel. He makes the available vessel a profitable vessel. So Simon's boat at that moment was worth zero. Unless it's out getting fish, it's worth nothing. Sitting on the side, there's no value to it. Get it out there and get in fish. That's when it's valuable. So he took something that was not valuable and he made it valuable. And folks, I don't want to talk bad about us today, but if we're not serving God, we don't have a whole lot of value. If God's not able to use you to make a difference in this world, there's probably no real reason for you to be here. Truth is, we need to be that vessel. God, use me. Allow me be a channel in our missions giving in 2022. Allow me to stretch my faith. By the way, call that faith promise missions. Allow me to stretch my faith to give more than what I think I can give. You know, God can use us if we allow him to get into us. Let Jesus get in the boat, it transforms it totally. Let God get into our life, it transforms us totally. Now we're doing what he wants rather than what we want. So realize that he's there. Number four, I want to realize that it's time for us to have our nets prepared. We have three more weeks. Sometime between now and three weeks, we'll all be involved in our card and our commitment card. So what what do we need to do now? We need to have ourselves prepared for what God would do. So many times we look at getting involved as simply what we can fit in, what we think we can do, what we have time for, and we don't realize the commitment that's involved in it. The Bible calls us the bride of Christ. Wouldn't it be good to have a bride that'd say, well, let me think if I can fit you in. Hey, let me see if we can work that date out. Maybe not, and maybe yes, maybe no. We'll, we'll just kind of see how it works. You know, if, you, if we all started out with a commitment in our marriages that we have a commitment with God, most of us would be in really bad shape. So it's a time for us now to be prepared for what God would have us to do. So my question is, what does he want you to do? And I don't expect you to have that answer today. I expect you to get that answer over the next three weeks. I expect you to spend some time. So we think about getting those nets prepared, realize they were washed nets. Washed nets. You know, it's time to clean up. It's time to get our lives in priority. It's time to stop wasting what God has given us. It's time for us to realize that God wants to use choice vessels that are clean and ready for his use. We need to realize, we need to pay attention what we're spending our time on, what we're doing on the internet, what our eyes are seeing, what we are reading, what we are watching. We need to be a wash net over the next three weeks. God, I want my life to be pure before you so that you can use me. Because somebody will either be in heaven or in hell based on our decision. I just said a moment ago, the dollar could be translated into souls that are saved. Less money that Bible Baptist Church has, less missionaries they'll be sending. Less projects that'll be done. Less missionaries be sent on down the road. So as we think about it, this is a very serious moment in our lives. So we need to be clean. We need to be holy before Him. We need to spend every day Reading our Bible, praying, one prayer for the next three weeks. God, what would you have me to do in the missions conference of 2022? Be ready, be clean, be prepared. We also realize it was a mended net. A lot of times we have a lot of holes in our nets. We miss a lot of opportunities. We, we miss a lot what God could do through us that we just don't get done anymore. There were times that sometimes we were involved or maybe we're not involved anymore. We just have a lot of holes in our our nets. We have a lot of ways we're wasting a lot of our time, wasting a lot of our resources, wasting a lot of our prayer time. So we have a lot of holes when you get mended up. And so we realize those nets, they were washed. They were also mended. Why? Well, because the fish are waiting. The fish are waiting. You know, we saw them go out that day and they threw the net in. And they didn't just catch fish, but those fish were jumping in to get into it. We realized that they were out there, and God did something miraculous for them. And as we think about that, I want us to realize God has some miracles for a Bible Baptist church. One of the greatest areas that our church can be involved is worldwide mission. One of the greatest areas you can be involved in is worldwide missions. Now, it begins with your church. If you're not tithing, you got to get tithing. You got to take care of your church, take care of your pastor. You got to take care of the needs that are here. Then we look at our mission field of what's out there. The opportunities are great. Another net, more fish. The Bible says, Let down your nets, and he let down his net. More nets, more fish. More missionaries sent, more people saved. More saved, that's to your account. And remember how we're laying up treasures? We're, we're moth and rust and no corruption. We're talk, that's what we're talking about here. So we're transferring our money into souls that lasts forever. We need to be prepared. We need to be ready for a great catch that God wants Bible Baptist Church to have.